Thanks, dude. I feel like a trash panda today. Are you kidding me? Every day of my life. That's okay. Speaking of trash pandas, we get alerts when animals are in our backyard, and sometimes we get a raccoon. We were trying. We had three animals in our backyard last night, like individually, not all at one time. They weren't having a party or a rave or anything. <laughs> a raccoon party in your backyard, dude. There is a TikTok page that's Raccoon Ravine, and I'll talk about it forever. And it's just these Please people, no, dude. Like every single time. This shit's great. You ever want to see a bunch of fucking raccoons? I scroll on it all the time. I love raccoons. But anyways, it's just these people. I, say, I actually have no desire to see a bunch of You are a horrible person. Raccoons well, are amazing. I just, it's I fantastic. don't know. They're just, all it is literally this live feed of someone's like back porch. Back where they, they feed have, raccoons. Uh, and there's usually like 10 to 15 uh, raccoons. Do you know my mom does that to squirrels? I mean, okay. like why? I just don't get it. I know. So she know. has like a horde of squirrels that come to her house because so she you eats can them be all the time. And she the names wild them. You as the I am shop. not Snow White. Hold on. You as the Disney lady should enjoy all of the little tiny animals. And instead, no. But I am not lame. Snow White. I do you're not lame. embody Snow White. I do not. Nope. Snow White was a trash Disney character. All she did was... Snow oh, White is the original Disney character, you heartless witch. Okay, she, she was fine. But the whole second half of her movie was her trusting a freaking hag who was obviously not someone you should trust and eating food that someone else made, which working in a school, that is number one. You do not eat food that someone else just brings you. You just don't eat food that you don't know where it's been. If someone <laughs> gives me food, I'm going to eat it. But this was a yeah. fucking apple, Ariel. Okay, listen. Here's okay. the thing. Yeah. So no. clearly so a poisonous apple. So she takes it, and then she just is like basically dead for half the thing. And then some guy thinks that he can just walk up to her and molest her body. And then she's like, "Oh, great days." And then happy days. No wonder I like all these fucked up books because I was brought up on Disney. I got Beauty and the Beast. I got Snow White. All the CNC action is just all in my face. I was freaking brought up on it. It was shoved down my throat. Quite like in this book. In this book, so much was shoved down the throat. It was like that song that everywhere I look, coming up. So I do want to say at the top, this was an unintentional double stuffed November book. So it's not for that reason. And I'm reading well, it and I'm like, hold on to second. November. <laughs> Don't worry, because I highlighted it because I was like, okay, first of all. Welcome to November, where we like to be stuffed. Doubly. Triply, babes. Triply. Not as personally, guys. <laughs> as far as I know, I don't know what Ariel does in her free time. The silence is astounding. This week, to go with our stuffing theme, not unintentional, our mashed theme. Literally unintentional. You said mashed potatoes. I said not our mashed potato theme, our stuffing theme. Why am I? I don't know what you? it would mean to mashed potato anyone. I don't know what it would mean to oh mashed potato anyone. Oh my God, no, now because I just but... got something in my head and I just, have you ever. Actually, there was probably a lot of mashed potatoing because you remember that scene where it was all in there and then the other guy came in and then mm -hmm. he was feeling a, yeah. So that was probably like a mashed potato y kind of situation. I'm just, my brain just went to a really awful probably place. dark place a lot of cum there, though there were no mashed potatoes violated in this book no however my brain was there was lots of stuffing welcome to our 
stuffed November, accidentally. This week, we read Sick Boys by Clarissa Wilde. And I just want to say, for the few-minute recap that I gave Spencer when talking about this book, he just said, this is his quote, oops, all crime, every crime. This book is a she's just gonna blow dark that one. It's fine. college bully romance. And I'm going to be completely upfront. That is not typically my vibe type of book. So I was a little hesitant going in, though, because I knew what I was going in, I was okay. And that is not something I had a problem with because I knew where we were heading. I was not okay for half this book. And then I was fine. This was Crystal's pick. Listen, on the wheel. I don't have any explanation. Crystal put this on the wheel. I did. Do I know why I did? Here's the thing. After reading a lot of the books when I was going through that depression spiral way back, like at the beginning of this fucking podcast, okay, when all we were doing was dark romance after dark, like a lot. It was an aggressive amount. It was very obvious by when we had to do a rom-com. Otherwise, I was going to literally lose my mind. This book was consistently on my Kindle. And then because I do this podcast with Ariel, it was getting pushed to me on my personal fucking TikTok page because Ariel likes to send me TikToks to fuck with my algorithm. And I watch them stupidly. No, they're great TikToks, but then I get stuff pushed to me. And then... But Ariel usually likes a different kind of vibe. <laughs> right. And honestly, I think that I love the cover. I liked the cool looking cover. I usually will download a book based on the cover. Based on the cover and then read the description way later. And then I'm like, oh, shit. What did I get myself into? Um, And yeah, bully romance isn't my vibe either. And I did go into it knowing what it was ahead of time. And because I had read a couple bully romances prior to this a while ago. That probably helped. It didn't hit me as hard as if I was going to read this the first time. But I will say the first, it might not even be the first half. I think it's probably like the first 30%. This was a long book. I think like the first 30%. It was a dense book. Yeah. Yeah. A lot going on. It still gave me kind of a visceral reaction, like what the sinner did when I was reading some things. And I had a really hard time with the sinner. I think it would be in the same category. Yeah. Anyways, so Sick Boys by Clarissa Wilde features... Penelope as the female main character and the main male characters are Felix, Alistair, and Dylan. This is a reverse harem bully romance. I want to open this up and say please make sure to check your triggers because not only is this book riddled with typical dark romance triggers as well as violence triggers. It is also riddled with like emotional triggers as well as talks of suicide throughout. So just make sure you just check your triggers for this one. Hopefully you did and you are here and you are happy and ready to rock or you're just a soulless human and you don't have triggers like me. Okay, let's rock. You um, have triggers. They're just a lot harder to not, find. They're, they're not when you are reading. <laughs> This book opens up at a college party. It is a bonfire. Penelope has been getting texts from her sister, Eve, and she's worried. They're very obviously suicidal type texts. And 
saying goodbye and actually can we back that up for a minute i forgot back it in back back it up the dedication to this book is fucking fantastic i just want you all to know so is the little author's note in the beginning the author's note says this entire book is insane and you will be too by the time you finish this book you've been warned and i I would say that's pretty accurate same though i feel like i feel insane for different reasons than the author wanted me to just gonna also point that nice i am i'm just also i think of the two of us you were the more mean one yeah oh obviously so if anybody that's not new hates us that's not new it's ariel's fault obviously anyways the dedication says all my little sicko sluts who want to be spit roasted this is for you so solid start to this book let's dive back in penelope is getting texts from her sister eve she is worried for her sister's mental health they are on the verge of being suicidal texts they're kind of almost like goodbye texts and she is worried and looking for her at this party it is the college that her sister goes to not penelope and she is looking for her and she finally finds her she is standing at the edge of like a cliff, basically. And she's literally pretty far a cliff. Away. Yeah. She's pretty far away from her when she spots her and she cannot get to her in time as she sees her jump. So this book starts off really heavy right away. Yeah. I was like, so we're just going to kill the sister in the prologue. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, was, well, there yeah. we go. <laughs> and in the goodbye text that she had, she warned her sister in like the last line to stay away from specific boys at her college. It was boys of the Skull and Serpent Society. Though Penelope didn't know what that meant yet, we will soon find out. A lot of interesting twists and turns in this book, I'm not going to lie. A lot of They had me going for a while, directions. and then there would be totally a whole wild-ass turn, and I'm like, well, I guess we're going this direction now. So then we... I'm assuming, based on further conversation, and this book did a great job at like titling timeline at the top, but some of it was still a tiny bit gray. Like this piece where it just said weeks later, doesn't say how many weeks. So I'm assuming this was the end of the summer bonfire for the college. And now this is going to be the beginning of the next school year that we now are seeing Penelope again. So... Or it could have been an over-the-summer bonfire. I just... Oh, no. I'm not going off of that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's... Yep. So, okay. Here's my thing with the timeline thing. Some of the chapters say days later. Some say weeks later. Some of them say, I don't know, a year ago. And then I... say, like, that night. Right. It was very whiplashy as far as how much... I do appreciate that it was stated... attempted at the top, but it was very gray. And... Not even the, I don't even think it was just great. It was just very, we're going to go forward now. We're going to go back now. We're going to go forward. We're going to go forward. Whiplashy. Um, Yeah, exactly. So it just, it was fine. That is the one thing I will say is I am glad that it was stated. Otherwise, I would have been so fucking confused as to anything going on. But that was my only thing. I think I would have enjoyed if it was put down as actual dates at the top. I think I would have just maybe needed well, more here's specific the thing. days, like maybe two days or maybe Monday or but, Thursday or, you know. 
it would have also helped with some of the trying to figure out is this the beginning of the school year that she's starting like that's that's what i'm saying is like dates would have fixed that would have some yeah issues that i know you had right like it could have said like june and it could have said august right Right. so the next time we see penelope is quote weeks later and like i said i think that this is the beginning of the next school year because it is stated that she is transferring into college last minute because she was supposed to start at another college but she switched at the last minute to go to this college that her sister went to last year. And it said that her sister is a year ahead of her and that she is not just here to study, she's here for revenge. And she describes the boys to us and we see In case you're curious, she wants revenge for her sister dying. Right. She thinks that based on that text that they are the reason why she drove herself to that I just wanted to clarify it. Yeah. So she sees them on the way to her first class and she's already making waves with them. She's planting herself right in the middle to make herself known, to get in their way and start shit with them, basically. Felix, kind of the ringleader of the trio, already knows who she is and she's confused. She's like, how does he know? my name how does he know who i am and then we get a funeral flashback to where she saw them at the funeral and they saw her so that is how he knew her name and we learn that she has a diary from her sister that she kept last year while she was in her first year of college and it basically like details out all the issues she had with different people at the school and Her sister was, for lack of a better word, she was pretty manic in the way that she created her diary. She has all these half-picture drawings of these people. She has these, like, circles and arrows and points and scribbles out. and like It's kind of like the manic, depressive version of a burn book from Mean Girls. Yeah. Yeah. But with people that she she really hates and bullied her. so And it was both. It was just in in this vicious cycle. And it was like you could see her spiraling through this diary. So we meet Dylan, who we learn because he's one of the trio. And we learn that his father is the dean of the college. And he is called to the office of the dean made sure that he understands that there can't be any any issues and he's kind of gets a talking to penelope saw him go up there and is trying to eavesdrop and of course she gets caught because she's not as subtle as she thinks she is no so he runs after her and felix who was nearby joins the chase to corner her and they corner her in the stairwell and they catch her and they're going through her bag and they find the diary and she does not want them to get the diary and she knows that they are in the diary so she takes a pen from her pocket and stabs felix in the arm and i was like well then (laughs) i was quite there uh, is a lot of stabbing and blood throughout this book there's a lot of other things too but man starts off strong sister dying jumping off a cliff and (laughs) 
It's her just stabbing yeah, people. They're, they're all very violent right from the, the start. So she stabs him, which gives her the opportunity to free herself because Felix is holding her. Grab the diary out of Dylan's hand and then turn around and just for good measure, kick Felix she in the balls. Kicks- she kicks a lot of people in the balls. It's so funny to me. I, it's like her and signature move. you would think that move. they would understand that it's coming. And it takes them by surprise every single time. Every, every time. So she gets safe and she starts to breathe and look through the diary. And she realizes that the piece that had the boys on it, there's a little tear from it. So he must have had his hand on that page when she ripped it out of his hand. And she's just hoping that he doesn't realize what he has in his hand because basically like it was part of his name that got ripped off but of course that's not what happened he's sitting there holding the piece and he can see his name on it like so the boys tear the dorm room apart looking for this diary so that they can have the whole thing and they do and when penelope comes home and sees that her dorm room is torn apart and the diary is gone she is not happy so she goes to their house to confront them because apparently that's what you do. Listen, there is no thought to it. <laughs> she has no thought process. She exactly. is. She is kind of she, being a lot reckless. And I understand that she really wants this revenge. She really is like, they did this. I am just going to go balls to the wall to this and not think about it. Because realistically, like, her sister was her best friend. So what the fuck does she have to lose? Right. And that's kind of how she talks about it. She's like, I don't care if I die in the process. Yeah, you know, I'm going to get this revenge. And she's very immature in the, a way that shows her age. But also she's hell bent on revenge. So she, that's it just showcases in how reckless she is in all of her decisions and her rash choices. So she goes to the Skull and Serpent Society house and they say, well, you want the diary back? Get on your knees, which escalated very quickly. I should also mention that once she ran away with her diary and went off and hid, she scurried off to her friends to, to safety and they watched her out the window and that's when Felix explained to Dylan who she was because Dylan didn't know who she was. And he said that Penelope was Eve's sister, showcasing that they knew Eve, but which we knew from the diary and whatnot, but that was their right. way. Yeah. Maybe they're just too traumatized and don't realize that it's her. Felix is his own thing. Ariel has problems. Felix friend. recognizes her from the funeral. I'm just saying maybe Dylan just didn't connect the pieces as to who she was. I don't know. Well, they just, they don't know her. They don't know her yet. They don't, they've never seen her before. But they're like, you know what? This bitch is going to pay with my Because they see the diary and they. I want to say just kidding, um, but I'm not kidding at all. So she went to their house to confront them. And I mean, she wants the diary back. So she complies. And it's not pretty. Honestly, I had such a hard time with this. So much. 
And I think it just I mean, comes down to I have she kind of liked it at the same she, time. She did. You get some of that internal monologuing with her, too, of explaining like her body's reacting. And she's kind of even surprised at how much she's enjoying certain parts. Obviously, she's still pissed, but she does make the comments not out loud because she's not going to do that about like she enjoys it. It's it's not my cup of tea. And Felix has quite the pierced cucumber. Dude, as soon as that happened, I was like, Ariel's going to be so thrilled about this part. He's got the special one on the pubic bone to make it so that things are all happy town. He's this got is the, the second book we've gotten a pubic bone piercing, and I'm so curious about it. I know. I want to do lots Study of it for science. Yes, I would like to study the pubic bone piercing on men for science. That is not an open invitation for people to send us fucking emails about this. Please don't do that. No. I don't want to have to open those. No. I know that 90% of our listeners are women. But maybe they can tell us about their experience. But if you have experience with it, can you just tell us? Because we're like super fucking curious. That is all. For science. For science. For science. We don't need to see it. We just want to know about it. For science. So yeah, not only does he have that, but he has the, the top one. And he's got the ring and he's got the barbells down. Like he is pierced up the, I don't even know. I don't even know. It literally broke Ariel's brain. She is struggle busing hey, so hard. I right don't now. even know. But even oh, with she's not all struggling. That metal, she's dreaming about it. I can see it in her eyes. But even with all that metal, she still bites him. I mean, I mean, obviously, I would bite too. It doesn't even fucking phase him though, which is wild. So they threaten to throw the book in the fire, and they hold the book it over the fire the whole time. Because she does not want that. She wants that diary. So now it's like you're going to finish or it's going to burn. And then we have the part where Crystal really probably definitely had a problem with where she had to, quote, clean up her mess. Okay, listen. I gagged. <laughs> I struggle so hard. You, you always struggle with those parts. Uh, so I don't enjoy licking up. No. You know what it is? Is because the consistency of cum is just not an appealing consistency in my mouth. And like to have you have need to, to just become a lesbian, like fully. I don't spit. I swallow. Let's be real here. But that shit goes straight down. I don't have to deal with it in my mouth and I'm not licking it up off a of floor. Let's be real clear about this. She she hates what penises look like. She doesn't like them. No, I didn't say that. I just think they're she, not attractive. I don't want to look at them. They look like weird fucking long ass mushrooms. I don't know what to tell you. I like mushrooms. so And you don't. So I guess that's kind of fitting. Penises aren't attractive. I'm not the only one who thinks that. Anyway. You have weird fucking shit going on. I don't even. I No. No. I do. I really struggled with the cleaning up the mess on the floor. A lot. Their floor has got to be dirty. It seems like know, it's also got to be. They probably sticky. have maids. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I saw nary a maid in this entire thing. So I have a feeling they're also like on the background. It's like a frat house sorority house. There's no fucking way that they got someone out there cleaning their shit up. Absolutely. Definitely do. They rub a lot of stuff on her. And that's what they have pledges for. No, no. Okay. There's that. But they're also boys. We also meet Alistair during the scene. And honestly, 
my heart lurched for him during this because he seemed so like sweet and innocent and like how did he get roped in with all these guys because he was like actually feeling bad for all this stuff during this scene that i was like during a lot of the scenes to be honest yeah it was a sweet little nugget so she uh books it out of there with her diary and heads home and you know takes the time to cool off and the next time they meet up with her is she's kind of poking the bear again and has been following them around a little bit. And she corners Alistair at a store because he's stealing because he just steals to steal and likes the thrill of it. I mean, honestly, it fits, especially with the rich kid vibe. So the felon, we all remember him, he went to jail for robbing people. That's why. And his family was really rich. Like he had a lot of money and he literally only stole for the thrill of it. He could buy all the things he took. But I so I understood him in that part where I was like, okay, yeah, that literally fits. I understand it. They are rich kids stealing like you're bored. Yeah, they're bored. Well, and he's trying to get some kind of feeling out of life. But she alerts the the clerk to what's going on and because they were like having a conversation and she's like you know fuck this and then she's like bye oh by the way this man's stealing and then fuck walks out okay books it so to get her back they wait until the end of class and get the teacher to leave and then corner her in the empty classroom and Honestly, having Dylan's dad as the dean has really given them free reign to do whatever the fuck they want in this entire school. With little to no repercussions. No. Just threats Um, of being expelled. That's all. Yeah. So they capture her and hold her hostage, Felix, again. Which you would have thought he learned his lesson to be the one to capture her the first time she stabbed him with the pen. Maybe because he probably didn't think she would have the balls to do it again. And they were like, oh, this is, you know, this is payback for Alistair. And Alistair's so funny because he's like, to be fair, we were the ones to provoke her. And I was like, yeah, team Alistair, come on. Also, at the same time, I don't know, I was totally vibing with Felix's weird little. Dude, I, no. I I, I don't know, I had this weird That's all I have to say. No. I (laughs) don't. Oh, I just—I knew you would, I found, and I was like, I, I found knew. him endearing in the weirdest little ways. I don't, like I said, it doesn't make a ton of sense. And she I fucking did. hates Snow White. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I didn't say I hate Snow White. You I literally said, did at the beginning of I this. I just said, nope. it's stupid. Okay. And they said if she yells, they're going to silence her with Dick and Kevin. And Ariel's like, yes, please. So they're kind of just like toying with her and playing with her a little bit. I like how you were like so confident in saying silencer with Dick. But like some of the descriptions, you kind of like whisper a little bit because you seem like you're nervous to talk about it. And I'm like, dude, you're just out here talking about how much you love Dick. But then the little pyro comes to play. And Dylan takes out the lighter. They're trying to get her to talk about the diary and talk about what she knows. And they want to know why her sister was writing about all those people. And 
they're using the lighter to get what they want. And they realized that there was more than just the diary. She had her text messages and her notes, but that stunned them enough to give her an opening to whip out her knife and once again, stab Felix. This time, it's Dylan who gets the kick to the ball. And she runs. I mean, to be fair, all Dylan the doors has are the locked, lighter. So. Right. Since all the doors are locked, her only choice is to pull the fire alarm to get them to unlock, which works. And she books it out of there. So needless to say, the dean is not happy that the fire alarm was pulled. And when they explain to the dean who Penelope is, the dean is not happy. He literally freezes his whole body and then tells them they need to stay away at all costs. So fun fucking times. Sometime later, there is a note pushed under the dorm door while she's there. And this note is covered in blood. It says, I know you're Eve's sister. I've seen you around campus. Watch yourself or you're going to end up having the same fate. And since she was there when the note was pushed under, she books it trying to find the person who put the note under. She runs after the girl and the girl, Sadie, was like, dude, some guy told me to put it under. It's not, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was some guy named Nathan. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. And she was like, Nathan, he was in the diary. and the wheels turn. So and then we have another flashback to them getting tattoos, Penelope and Eve. And it says it, it was months ago. And now that I want to be real specific when I say this. You know shit's getting real when Ariel wants to be very specific. Well, because I had a slight problem and I want to make sure that I get specific. So this is a scene where Penelope is getting her first tattoo and she's getting Eve's name and it is her birthday. And Eve says, now we finally match because now they both have their names on each other. And Eve says, well, you gave me this last year for tattoo. So I'm repaying the favor and how she had to wait. and how Eve has gotten other tattoos since then, or at least that one on her hand. And it says, at least she'll never forget us both getting each other tattoos as a gift, a forever bond. And it just says, happy birthday, Penelope. So it's very clear that it's only Penelope's birthday and that she's finally old enough to get a tattoo and that Eve was old enough last year. And that's why she got hers last year. Just want to play that scene for a second. It's time for the Skull and Serpent Society's frat Halloween party. And Penelope's ready for this. She was preparing for this because she thinks this is her opportunity to look for Nathan. Because anybody who's anybody is going to be at this party. And she is dolled up and ready. But of course, she's cornered by Felix. And she runs down the stairs. And she gets caught. And they're all waiting for her. And she gets mad because she is kind of still under the assumption that they are responsible. They are beginning to realize that is her way of thinking. 
and she's just not just trying to start shit. So they kind of are like, well, we didn't kill her, but we can find out who's responsible and we can make them pay. If you agree to become our personal whore. She's so desperate to find out who is responsible for her sister. She's like, you know what? Yeah, because this is for my sister. I'm sorry. Never in a million fucking years. I love my sister and I love my family. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. No. But also. And. I don't have the kind of self-destructive streak that she does. And clearly she's very self-destructive because her sister was her person. Well, Penelope says yes to them because Penelope is weird. Penelope is hell-bent on revenge and she can't see anything but that. So they take her into the woods and they tie her to a tree. I would have been so fucking pissed. First of all, I'm not going into the woods with boys I just met. No, she does not make good life choices. And it makes me wonder how she's been alive this long. She seems like the person who would get into a white van that says free candy. They have their kind of fun time with her and cover her with not mashed potatoes because no mashed potatoes were harmed in the making of this episode. No. I am all for being a toaster strudel, but not with six packets of icing. So much icing. So much icing. She becomes a twinkulator on, but for now she's a toaster strudel. They did play with her with their fingers. But weren't they like withholding things from her too? but, But then they let her have it and everyone got icing. Except then they left her tied to the tree. Ice. Covered in it. Ice baby. Yeah. This is not the time um, and place for that. They planned to leave her until they yeah. decided like, to bye. go. Bye. Bye, bitch. Peace out, Girl Scout. Yeah. Yeah. So at least her friends, Jeremy and Calvin, happened to be walking by because they were looking for a secluded spot to uh, also have some icing happen. And instead, they found her. And after they taunted her a little bit because it was funny, they cut her down. So. And she doesn't have a shirt on, I believe, right? Her tits I don't are think just she has out. basically almost any clothes on. The only Most comment on her cut. tits being out, which good for you boys, throughout this book, even up until this point, were the vibes with Kayla a little off to you? Because to me, I was like a little I off was going to get to the okay. Kayla rant later. Okay. Especially since there's a plot hole. I liked everything else about this book except for the holes. This book was like the book Holes. That's how many holes there were. Just so Ariel just, just really likes her holes filled. I was here for the ride. Listen, I am always here for the ride when there are three men in a fictional world. Mm-hmm. And I am feeling Crystal hated Felix, but I was like vibing I with fucking him. fucking hated Felix. So, he was my least favorite person in this entire book. So, and I was vibing with him. I have plenty of positive things to say. I will never say a positive thing when there's a plot hole. Plain and simple. I will do it every time. Anyways, after they ditched her, they sent Alistair back to steal the diary again. So after she's freed, she gets home, she gets cleaned up. And the next day she has a planned coffee date with her parents. The whole parent dynamic is a little strange throughout this book. Honestly, it's not even just her parents where their dynamic is weird. All the parents in this book are weird. The rest of the parents I got. 
because we knew up front who they were and they were bad guys and we understood their dynamic. This parent dynamic was just kind of odd because their daughter just died. And now you have your other daughter basically going undercover to the daughter's university. And they're all just like, okay, okay. just we just don't die because we don't want to lose another daughter. It was just kind of odd. Once we figured out what was going on, it made sense. So they make sure that she still has her knives and she's like, yeah, I've already used them. I got plenty. They're like, good girl. And she's like, I'm probably going to need more. And it's just, it's a weird dynamic. But again, it follows through, but it's just, it's weird in the moment where you're like, what the hell is up with these parents? Honestly, I just assumed that they were so grief stricken and they really didn't feel that there was any specific reasoning as to why their daughter would have killed themselves. So maybe they're just holding out some kind of hope and just letting her be reckless because they also want answers. But they're also probably just in this moment. I was like, oh, they're probably just like grief stricken and cool. Let's just get answers no matter what happens. Just don't die. So she starts getting some texts and she realizes that while she was tied to the tree and they were fiddling with her phone, they were adding themselves to her phone. So they agree with this text conversation to meet in the library. And, well, Felix meets her in the library. And Felix is getting pretty obsessive at this point. And honestly, he's just now getting obsessive. No, I see he's getting, he's, you know, getting obsessive and he's like really getting to a ridiculous point at this point. Yeah. And obsessive. And like I said, it's kind of cute in his little way that he's trying so hard, but it's obvious how, like, she's getting to him this whole Ariel, time. Ariel, the person who can't... was pissed about the fact that Snow White was asleep and Prince Charming just kissed her is like, but this she, is so cute. Penelope likes it. Penelope wants it in her own way. It's different. It's like some weird CNC stuff. She likes it. So he doesn't want to share her and decides to have her for himself and fucks her for the first time in the library. And it is quite the experience. Ariel wants to get railed in a library. By that dick, maybe. That one sounds really interesting. For science. For science. For science. Anywho, she goes home with some seepage. We don't need to include that. That was You awful. literally need to pick a different word. I'm going to leave yep. it in there, but you need to pick a different word for that. No. That is disgusting. That is the worst. <laughs> so she she goes home um, <laughs> was gonna and make he it worse. makes Everybody. it very clear that she is not to clean up until she gets So she's home. a legitimate Twinkie at this point. First, she was the toaster strudel. Now she's a Twinkie. I said that when we um, were at Toaster Strudel. Like she mm-hmm. starts as a toaster strudel, becomes a Twinkie, ends up as a toaster strudel. I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of pastries going on. We'll see what else she can become later. A doormat. Wait, what? That's not a pastry. No, no. A hostess cupcake? Anyways, so the next time she's on campus for school, we find out why they wanted the diary. And they have made copies of all the diary pages and passed them out around the school like flyers, including a fake one with her face and information on it. Giving very Regina George in Mean Girls. So Dylan is passing them around and she sees that and so she confronts him. And she is not 
not happy. No. Because the uh, thing is, they have this plan, but they decided not to, like, I don't know, clue her in at any point about anything. No. And I understand some of their reasoning, but at the same time, give a girl, like, a little heads up so that... Well, they didn't on purpose because I they had an like, ulterior plan also. Bro, someone so, was getting... I would murder somebody in their sleep at that point. You, oh, wanna, yeah. you want your dick? I will cut it off. So she's angry, and she decides to try to find Felix because... He's the person who told them to do this. And they're just following orders. And she's told that he's going to be at a party and where it is. So she goes to search for him. She is just so reckless. Oh, yeah. That's her personality. Reckless. End of story. Yeah. That's it. Well, this book, yeah. just call it reckless and be like, she did stupid shit. The end. Well, she finds him. So. No way you don't. She say. feels like she is. She located him finally. Oh my goodness. Well, she feels like she is plot twist, has the upper hand for half a second, and she demands him to tell her why. Like, why are you doing this? Why, why would you do this? And he isn't as big of a tough guy as he thinks he is around her because he can't help but like succumb sometimes around her. So, he gets faded into, fine, fine, I'll show you. And he picks her up, carries her out of the house that the party's in, spanking her butt the whole way, and brings her back to their house, which has Nathan all tied up and waiting, Dylan and Alistair babysitting. And they start working him, trying to get him to talk and confess why he put that note under her door. And he is clearly afraid of someone else, someone who told him to do that. Mm-hmm. And he's not willing to talk. They get pretty rough. They break mm-hmm. his leg. They cut off one of his fingers. And throughout all this, they were worried about how Penelope would react. But Penelope's there for it. She and is Penelope's like, like, keep going. I need this. This is... Do it. She's got a little sparkle in her eyeballs. Yeah, she is. And they are Crazy. eating it up. They're like, oh, <laughs> they, shit. They're turning me on a little bit. But since there is someone else, and since he won't talk, she has them free him. Which may or may not have been the best choice, but... Terrible decision. You know. Yeah. And Nathan is very frustrated and warns them all that, that she's going to end up suffering the same fate as Eve. Very ominous. So Penelope holds up in her dorm for the next few days. In the aftermath of that, she's kind of scared of her own reaction. She's kind of scared that she's not having a visceral reaction to that whole scene that she thoroughly enjoyed it she's kind of scared that she literally has zero regrets and zero problems with it so she's kind of working through all that with herself and just kind of holds up in her dorm when alistair sneaks in and i don't know he's kind of cute oh i love him he's pretty cute they have their little their moment and they have their little mushy time together and he's looking at her and he's like i get it now I would kill for you. He's like, I, I get what's going on. I get, because he, he's I just can't figure it out. I can't figure out what you're doing to me. I can't figure it out. I can't, 
figure out what you're doing to them. He's just so confused by all these feelings that are jumbling inside him. And he's Man, like, her vagina must be fucking magical. It is magical, which is wild to me. I don't even know. It's just because they don't realize that so, they get it until they've been inside of her. And then they're like, I get oh, it now. No. I get okay. it now. Sure I get did. it now. Move on. Moving on to the next scene where the Dean has discovered that Nathan has been tortured. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> we learn that the Dean has discovered that Nathan has been tortured and his parents have sent him the bill. And the boys have now been suspended for that, even though they can't be directly implicated. But it's not a true suspension. They've just been told to lay low for a week. Because God but forbid while... the dean actually suspend his son. Right. So while they're laying low, they're stuck in the house and just bickering and fighting over Penelope. Because... It's like teenagers. It's so funny. Well, they are teenagers. They're teenage... They sound like teenage girls bickering over a boy. Like they're Because they're supposed to share... But now Felix is. It's very so funny to me because this whole thing is Felix is like, yeah, you belong to us. And he goes, nah, it's just me. And he gets so jealous anytime any one of the boys even thinks of touching her. And I'm like, yeah, but you wanted to share. You agreed to share. What the fuck are you doing? Dumb. And they find out that Felix has slept with her. Like fully slept with her and and by himself and they're not happy with her. And they find out that Alistair had time alone with her. Because God forbid she's a person and can spend time alone with anybody. They're all winding themselves all up. So, of course, Penelope has to arrive and just kind of make it even worse. And... She's like, we need to do more to find the culprit. Like this, you're not doing enough. Like, y'all want me as your toy and you're fighting over me. But you get your fucking shit together. Yeah, you need to uphold your end of the bargain that we struck. And they're kind of super shitty about continuing keeping up their end of the bargain. They're really bad at it. (laughs) Yeah, things get a little tense. um, Yeah. They get a little testy with each other because they're all been just bickering with each other that they're kind of turning on Penelope too a little bit. And they kind of slip up talking to her like you suspected us. But have you ever thought that we we might suspect you too? Yeah. And you think that I understand their thought process, like with the things that they saw and read and stuff. But I have some complaints. And I'll go on a rant in a little bit because I think it's too early for the rant. Well, they're like, you promised her that if she was going to kill herself, that you'd be right there doing it too. So it's really your fault. Basically saying like they had an unaliving pact with each other and she reneged on the deal and basically watched her jump to her own death without any thought of following after her. And here's my thing. I feel like They were mad because she suspected them and they were like offended about it. Like, how dare you think that we did this? 
when they literally thought the exact same thing about her, like they don't have all of the pieces. And you would think they're stupid boys. So I guess not to get all the complete picture and get all the pieces and not jump to fucking conclusions about shit. Because they were both bullied in high school. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to. Her sister was also super depressive a lot. So I I think I referred to her last night as a a depresso espresso person. Yeah, she went into a depressive spiral over it. And Penelope wanted to make sure that if she ever felt that low again, that Penelope would know. That's Mm -hmm. why they made this pact. Because they didn't know the whole deal. And that's the thing. They jumped to conclusions because they're stupid boys. And it said that there was so much bullying their senior year that she barely made it through and that Penelope had to, in fact, redo her senior year because of it, because she Mm -hmm. missed so much. Because they were both seniors together. And then I was like, like, what? And this is where she says, because they are one and the same, two parts, one whole, and that she's her twin. Because they were seniors together, they were the same year, they were the same age, they're a twin. So let's go back for a second. How do they have different birthdays? How do they have different ones a year older if they were, in fact, in the same year of high school when one had to redo it and now they are twins? It is a definite disconnect where we had one thought and one train and the train keeps going back and forth um, throughout the book as if... It was two thoughts of a storyline that one wasn't picked. Like it should have gotten taken out or fixed and it wasn't. And that happens sometimes, but it was just really frustrating. I mean, the only way that they could have done that is if say, so say the sister was older, but maybe the sister skipped a grade. And so they were in the same grade. That's the only way I could think about it. I mean, it flat out says. I'm just saying. She's her twin. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. So now they're twins. So they must be fraternal twins because nobody recognized her. And from the beginning, they must look so different. I think you're just being over the top about it. Anyways, continuing with the story. Over the top? That is just so surprising. You must be new. You're so lucky. You're so lucky we don't film (laughs) these in the exact same room. In the same room. I would get hit so much. (laughs) I would get hit so much. Anyway, so we have that flashback. I wonder why. why And I always wonder why people think I'm the one who likes the dark romance. I'm a little bit more violent. I'm a little violent. I threaten Because you're violent in real life. I'm violent like in my head in the fictional world. That's true. See, you get it all out in the open. So you don't need that in your head. So you can have that fluffy stuff in your head. In the real world, I go and have my job where I'm like, okay, let's go do this. We're going to have a great day. And I am like, I am all that fluffy sunshine on the outside, which rots my fucking soul. So I need that dark inside because I am like, I'm a circus performer all fucking day long. So I need that dark. And not the fun kind of circus. No. So she's so confused about them being friends with her sister and they keep saying like she was a friend the friend and there are different kinds of friends and she a wild is guess. so angry at felix who just shoved a butt plug up her ass to have this conversation btw because he wants her ass so here you go yeah that he would accuse her of 
having anything to do with her sister's death, that she just can't speak to him any longer and leaves. And he's, you belong to me. Don't you get to take that out. And she takes off. <laughs> you belong to me, but I still think you killed your sister. I think he's starting to figure it out once they started to talk about it. I know. He's, but it was just that moment. He's, he's kind of cute, though, with his little pierced piercings. The piercings do not make him cute. No, but his little. They okay. don't save his personality, um, okay? So she's looking for Dylan because she wants to be angry at Felix and try to figure out why they all think this. But she finds Alistair instead. And Alistair tells her that he's at a bonfire party. And so she goes to find him. And Dylan's in a hot spring with some girls. But she is not in a great mood. So he dismisses the girls and forces her in the hot spring with him. So she has to obviously have to take her clothes off to do that. And it's a hot spring. So things get a little steamy. And Alistair isn't far behind. So he joins the party. Yeah, she gets concerned because she hears somebody and he goes, no, it's okay. And he goes, hey, and then calls his he name and she goes, watch. what the? <laughs> he also calls him Allie. Yeah. Yeah, quite a few times. Yeah. A little nickname. But I like Alistair, so that's why I keep doing <laughs> So they have a fun time in the hot tub, even though she was mad. But now, I don't know. Apparently she's not because there's dick involved. And they double stuff November, her write up with the plug and everything. Dude, this shit was great. I was here for it because I was like, I didn't know where the fuck this shit was going. And we've read enough reverse harem at this point on this podcast. We're like, we don't always get that. And sometimes mm -hmm. I'm a little disappointed. And I'm like, yeah, but can we do that, though? And mm -hmm. they did. And it was fantastic. And I was like, okay, there is like more to it between Dylan and Alistair. Yeah. It's clear at this point that they already have a relationship with one another. They've even and she's realizing it too. She's kind of realizing it too, kind of in this moment with some of the actions that they are doing together. Yeah. It's like she's had suspicions. But this is like just confirming those suspicions. Picture. And this is her like slap in the face to it. Yeah. But not and, literally a slap I mean, in the she face. She likes it. Yeah. Yeah. She likes it. That does mean. So kind of hot. They have a whole grand old time to where there's a bunch of stuff floating in the pool. <laughs> Remnants. They make sure to mention that, which is interesting. Then all of a sudden they have some visitors. So they all get out naked. <laughs> confront these angry visitors they hey, are part of what the they got phantoms. swinging between their legs might as well confront them naked right and they are part of the phantoms which nathan was part of the phantoms and they are angry because of what has happened to nathan and they feel like they are owed compensation for nathan and they try to take penelope and i don't know if we've stated it but the phantoms are like a rival to them they're a rival frat house. Yeah. Um, I just want to put that out into the universe. They're not just so, like, the phantoms are not just around. They're not physical phantoms. They're not actual phantoms like, you know, Danny Phantom. This is like a frat house. I love how your brain went to Danny Phantom, not Ghost, where that we just read. I don't want to phantom. talk about what's going on in my brain right now. I'm running off of four <laughs> hours of sleep. I shouldn't be here. <laughs> so nobody threatens Penelope when the boys are around. So the fighting breaks out. Uh, Dylan. This goes from zero to a hundred real fucking quick. 
So Dylan like attacks them and runs to try to distract them away from Penelope and Alistair uh, so he can get her out of there. And it works. They run after Dylan and they have a gun and there's a gunshot. So Alistair and Penelope are worried. So they run after him and just in time to see Dylan get cornered. So Penelope throws Dylan her knife and Dylan takes the knife and goes, swipe, 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 swipe. <laughs> and strings up Josh, the leader of that little phantom group. And the rest of them disperse because they're like, ah, shit. And the gun that had skittered away, Penelope grabs and she's not going to miss out on this fight. And she points it and shoots Josh in the dick. And he's like, and best thing ever. I shoot him in the dick. He deserves it. And again, the little pyro comes out and Dylan has to douse him in alcohol and light the fucker on fire. What a way to die. This is just, yeah, zero to murder in literally a, like a page or two. Yep. Sex to murder in a page or two. So the trigger, though, for all of this was they had to say the words, I wonder if she cries as ugly as her sister did. She's, she's like, what the? These dudes have seen her it had cry. something to do with her sister as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Penelope is all like drunk on power. She's like, I killed someone. I mean, not on accident. Actual fucking murder. I raise my hands, gazing at the blood on my fingers, his blood of the person who hurt my sister. And good God, does it feel powerful? It's interesting because it feels like she's originally starting her thought process, kind of freaking out, like, oh, fuck, I actually murdered somebody. But then it like really progresses into, nah, this shit was great. Vengeance. Woo. Nothing says power like murder. Please don't quote me on that. <laughs> and she says to check my basement. Just saying. So the next day at school, they're all pretending like nothing happened here. And Penelope goes to class the next day and Nathan's back and he gets in her way. It's a good thing that Felix was looking out for her, though, because he kind of stopped that. But yeah, Nathan did not say nice things. So then they have a little group check going on. And talking about Nathan and the repercussions and what that's going to mean. And the dean warns the boys, dude, you need to stay away from this whole situation. Seriously. What the truck? And well, Felix, who has been having a hard time staying away from his feelings, has another little jealous fit because the boys were with her without him. Because she belongs to him, don't you know? Everyone should know better. What is wrong with you people? Do you want a list? You touch something that belongs to me. She belongs to all of us. That's the whole fucking point of our agreement. No, no. She belongs to Felix. Hello. And they discuss the last text that she got from her sister to kind of come to full conclusion that she didn't have anything to do with anything and that they kind of resolved all the stuff with Felix and all that. You know, they probably then, should have had this conversation a while ago, but that's prior to the point. burning a body on fire. And I don't know, prior someone. to them doing but, all this horrible shit. But somehow that segues into a three way. So fun fucking times because Felix finally needs to make sure that he asserts his dominance and takes her ass before anyone else does now that Everyone else is trying to get a piece of her and not acknowledging 
the fact that she is his and he allows them to share in his presence. And they have a fun time until someone barges in at the end to say that a body has been found on campus and that the university has been put on lockdown. So they all clean up and head out and see that everyone's basically gathered outside to rubberneck at the ambulances and see what's going on. Nathan's there trying to point fingers at them with the cops, but he's an idiot and starts spouting his mouth and they egg him on, of course. So he starts throwing hands so that the cops need to take him away because Nathan's just a fucking idiot. So then the chief of police shows up, who happens to be Alistair's dad. So they bring the boys and Penelope all into the dean's office with the chief of police and dean to interrogate them, to which Penelope shocks them all with a very detailed version of events. Her own version. Of course. To skew in their favor. Exactly. It's funny, too, because listening to the internal monologue, they're like, that's not... This is like half-truths and lies. and They're pretty impressed. They were confused at first because they're like, what the fuck are you doing in their brain? What the fuck are you doing? Why are you saying something? What the fuck? And then as she's continuing on with the story, they're like, wait, this is like telling genius, actually. And they're kind of like, you lied for us. She's like, were you killed for me? Because those two are very equal. We're in this together, baby. I mean, lying is really bad. That's like the number one rule in my house. Do not lie. So. I don't even have do not kill as a rule. So I'm I mean, sorry. I guess it is pretty up there. But I feel like murder is just a bit worse than lying. Just saying. I don't know. I just I kind of feel like murdering somebody might be worse <laughs> than lying. So I don't know. I'm just telling you, I don't have it as a rule in my household. So I'm just hoping that it just doesn't happen, I guess. I'm not even going to say Maybe. it. Just insert exactly what I have said so many fucking times. I just, I guess I just assume that it doesn't have to be said because on our like list of rules, do not lie is one I, of them. I the number okay, one. no, so I understand, <laughs> but it was the fact that I said that they're not equal and you just went there. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Moving the fuck on. Murder is bad for the love of God. So the dean wants to punish them. And has his wife invite everyone to dinner because they all think that this is a foreign punishment. Them all and all their families. So the boys pick up Penelope to get ready to go to dinner in the car. And there's another girl in the car. It's Felix's sister, Lana. So we meet Lana. And they all go to dinner with Dylan's family and Felix's family. So Felix's dad is there and his sister. and. They all treat her like she's Dylan's girlfriend and they're just like interrogating her, which is not jiving well with Felix. In addition to being at a family dinner. What does jive well with Felix is my question. Penelope, blood, murder, sex. There's another snake we'll get to it. Nessie. I'm glad you also specified Nessie and not the snake. Felix is a complicated. No. Man, he has feelings too. Does he? Yeah, a lot. One obsession done. That's it. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Two anger and and obsession. (laughs) No, because they even say that it's not love; it's obsession. 
it grows. He has both. So he ends up leaving the table frustrated and Penelope goes after him. They're in the bathroom. And then Dylan and Alistair come after him too. And it's now all four of them are in the bathroom together. And Felix needs to take the edge off a little. So on your knees, slut. Here are my toy. I will use you when I need you. They're in the bathroom for a long time. Lana is not happy about that. When they come out, Alistair's dad has arrived and it just goes to shit from there. It's not great. The whole dinner is just not great. Except I guess the food is really good. So there's Yeah. We find out that Felix's mom is not there because she's dead because Felix's dad murdered her. More on that later. Yeah. And the other person who's missing, which is strange, we find out that Dylan has a little brother in high school and everyone else is at dinner, but he's not. I'm wondering if they're keeping him out of it on purpose, because even Dylan comments that he doesn't even want him at this university. So I'm wondering if thing is, I was wondering if he was at a like a school, like a boarding school or something. That could be. Well, they have enough money. Probably. It just wasn't stated. We're just going to pretend we're going to make our own assumptions. Yes. So this all happened. The body had been found. They have pointed the fingers at the phantoms and the chief of police took their word for it. Between that and Nathan's very outward aggression, they are worried that the phantoms are going to be coming after Penelope hard. So they don't want to have her alone ever. So Felix is even following her to lunch with her friends, her regular lunch, picnic lunch that she has in the grass. And it's kind of cute, his little guard dog self. And the group discuss wanting to go out that evening to some sort of club. And he wants to make sure they stay safe. So he recommends his family's club. And so they do. They go out to the club. Because of course he does. Why not? Of course the boys go to Dylan who's always been like kind of the playboy who doesn't really like things to find like he won't even define things with Alistair and he specifically said throughout the whole book like any hole anytime he doesn't care he's just very like free-flowing doesn't want anything locked down and he hasn't really been fully taking that up lately and they kind of egg him on about it and uh kind of force his hand to go prove that he's that way so that he go dances with a girl. And then he kind of eggs on Felix about it so that he dances with her too and Penelope sees. So she runs off to the bathroom, overwhelmed and frustrated. And Lana sees her go in there and Lana goes in and talks to her. And Lana, I don't know how I feel about Lana. I don't have a lot of thoughts on it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like A, she's going to get a book. And B, I feel like that's why she was left in this weird kind of vague limbo where she could be really manipulative, but she could also be like not. Yeah. Whereas her roommate, Kayla, I just had bad vibes the whole time. Dude, I highlighted her because um, I was like, watch this bitch just fuck shit up. Spoiler, she so, doesn't. She's just fucking weird. Vibe-y. She does. But there's a plot hole with it. So she kind of lets it drop that, you know, her sister was with them, too. They were a foursome for months. And that's just the last hit that Penelope needs. And she just books it out of there. Because now she's super pissed because she's Mm -hmm. thinking they did all this to me knowing 
she's my sister. She couldn't handle all of that overwhelming and she just left. She booked out of the bathroom. Yeah, and all of so, it together because knowing the information about all the boys and her sister, plus now seeing the boys interacting with other girls, the jealousy mm-hmm. is rearing the fuck up. Plus now realizing that, what was she, just a replacement? And that they touched her sister, which honestly... It grossed that me out. Part as soon as I learned, weird to and me. So That's here's the to thing, too: is it's it is really heavily hinted at throughout the entire book that they had this kind yes. of relationship with her sister, but it's never said explicitly until now. And then now having it fucking glaringly out there, I didn't like that part. It was a little bit. So the boys notice it's been a long time since she went to the bathroom. And they go to look for her and see Lana coming out of the bathroom. And it's like, where is she? She left. And they try to run out the door after her. They ask like the bodyguard or bouncer or whatever that's at the door, like which way did the purple haired girl go? And he said that way. And they're like, fuck, you know, that's the way to the cemetery where her sister's buried. So they go after her and it's pouring. They find her. It's it's quite a scene. She's talking to her sister like, why didn't you tell me? And yeah. it's like, why didn't you say anything? And you wouldn't keep this from, a secret from me. Like, what, what is going on? And even stating like the clues were right there in front of me. Like, Don't get involved with these boys. And let's just she's fucking going through it. And then they show up and she's like, I'm not here to be her replacement. I won't let anyone fuck around with me. But they were like, no, we loved her to the point of obsession. And they show her their tattoos and they all have the tattoos to go with her sister that we saw in the flashback. And this was just a personal choice, but I really didn't like the whole they had the three of them out of relationship with the sister and now they're with the other twin. I just, I really didn't like that. And they're just comparing. The, the and timeline I just, I really of it like too, that. like her sister hasn't been dead for very long. No, maybe and a summer at most. I think they said it's been like three months. I think right. at this point. They talk about how much they loved her and Eve and love stuff Eve. like this. Yeah. But then they start talking about how, but we <laughs> love you more. It's different and we love you I, more. And I'm like, Bitch, this I is know. that's lot. what I'm saying. I didn't like that point. And I know that's the personal choice. Maybe she was dead longer the book. Then it would be but, okay, but at the same right, time. Right. And like, if they yeah, it's just it's just weird. And lots of comparisons. I just yeah. it just gave me icky vibes. So she just right. gets so overwhelmed with the whole thing, obviously, and she just books it. And they chase her, and you know, Felix catches her and does his magic with her. And he tells her how much he needs her and like and she's like cares about he her needs and... me like she's just because he doesn't ever say those kinds of things and so right like... he works his magic with her to the point of now they're all getting it on together on a tombstone let's yeah. get it on in a cemetery which is i don't have a problem and had one of my favorite kind of little things that they do where they had the double stuffed action and then the third man comes in with the other man. Yep. So it was like I sandwich. Was so yeah, I totally love when that happens. Waiting for it to be a triple <laughs> stuff book, that and I was like ready for it. It did not happen. They did do. They did that on the pool table. I meant in this part. Oh, did you mean two in the V and one? Oh, did mm-hmm. you mean like that? Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you meant one in each hole. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
No, yeah. I but not. I truly like it when they have the chain action going where they they. Oh no, it's great. I didn't mind that. <laughs> I like that. But as usual, they're interrupted towards the end by the groundskeeper, and they have to book it. And they are soaking wet, and they're booking it, and they all get in the car and they take off, and they go back to Penelope's house to her sorority house where she did not pledge for and she's just magically in a sorority that she came to this university late and yeah but it's on fire the house is on fire and yeah. the fire originated and is basically concentrated in what was Eve's room it's really confusing because supposedly her stuff was in there or partially her stuff died, was in there though. right but that's where this timeline was kind of funky. So because was it the end of the school year? Was it, the, you know what I mean? Because if it was the end of the school year when she died, her stuff wouldn't have been in there at the beginning of the school. You know what I mean? So that's where that timeline kind of was kind of a little vague, get too much for me, where I was like, ah, this is kind of weird. Anywho, she apparently didn't know which room was her sister's, even though she lived there for a year. But the boys did, so they pointed out to her. And somebody found the thing that originated the fire and apparently her name was plastered on it so the sorority people kicks her out of the house well and they did say like you've been pushing the rules a lot lately and that was just kind of the final straw right you know what i mean so they take her back to the skull and serpent house and felix makes sure to say that you know you're staying in my room and she has a good little chat with him mm -hmm. and some little time with him and she sees his tattoos and this is when we kind of realize between that and his nightmare that he has that yes his father killed his mother but it's because she was abusing him from an early age and we've kind of been learning as we go but it's more spelled out in this chapter that this is not a regular college this is a college basically for criminal people and the different houses are like different gangs and to separate criminals and separate the criminals from non-criminals and different stuff like that. But he holds her as she falls asleep, but she still wakes up from a nightmare, you know, that she's been having her sister dying in front of her like usual and all that jazz. But she has trouble because she just had a nightmare. So she wakes up and kind of wanders the house a bit. And she finds Alistair in his room drawing. And I guess he's been drawing lots of pictures of her and it's cute. And the diary is sitting there in his room and she starts kind of looking through it after her dream stuff's been kind of tickling her brain. And she notices that at the end of the book, there's clearly a page torn out. And she's like, I need to find that page. So she kind of lies directly to Alistair. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit. <laughs> no, she lies Nicer and she goes, it, yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go lay down. And he goes, well, Felix is going to be looking for me. And this bitch instead lied directly to his face. And what does she do? Leave the house and goes and climbs into this room. The burnt bedroom. The burnt bedroom. But she has to sneakily do it because she can't really <laughs> be there. She's not as sneaky as she thinks she is. Because this bitch is being followed. Yeah. So, surprise. Hi. Two was pieces one of, of shit, people. Yeah, who was one of the phantoms from the the bonfire spring place. And Nathan, our favorite fingerless asshole, 
are in the room and they have the missing page. Plot twist, but not really. Not really. She fights with them, literally, to get that page. And then as she's trying to get away, they give her this, again, ominous warning of that she should just burn the page and burn the whole book and just run and get fuck away from this university unless she wants to end up dead like her sister and she's confused because she's not understanding what this mm-hmm. fucking page means why it's going to make her dead like her sister yeah mm-hmm. so felix wakes up alone obviously because she left so he goes to look for penelope when they realize that she's not in the house and where she would have gone and they end up finding her at what's called the edge where her sister succumbed. She's sitting at the ledge of the cliff. And this is where we learn what the page said. And it says, I wasn't given a choice in the matter. It was either do what I'm told or quit and leave. I cried when I said the words and they did nothing at all. I begged them with my eyes, my tears to fight for me. Instead, we broke up and my heart broke into a million little pieces 303 and everyone jumping to conclusions this entire book could is the whole book a lot of- yeah and they start screaming at each other when they arrive because because she's she like she killed herself again because that you guys bro- you guys broke up with her you are the reason that she jumped you're the reason she is mm-hmm. dead and they kind of explained to her like no, no, we both like, broke up with each other. We it was broke a up decision. mutually and it was understood like it was. Yeah, everyone. And it. she's at the edge and then she slips and they have to catch her. And she's just so upset and distraught. She runs. And as she runs, she slashes their tires so that they can't chase Love it so her. much. And she then spends the next like week avoiding them. But Felix in his own deranged way of loving her takes to heart their little chat in his room where he made her spell out for him what exactly do you need from me what exactly do you need me to do to the people who hurt your sister and then she tells him you know i need you to cut out their tongue i need you to do this i need you to do that i need you to do that and i need you to do this and i need you to kill them so he leaves a present in the square. That too. Exactly. And also, she had also threatened. The way she described. She had threatened to like slash him. And he goes, <clears throat> you could cut me with a thousand cuts. And I would still do this. So he also does a thousand cuts onto this person as well. Yep. It's obvious it's who it was anyways before he did that. But her. Yeah. Here's the thing. This episode title is um, called Ariel says, here's the thing a lot. Here's the thing. So she has been obsessing over this page that she found. And she's been going over the words over and over again. She's been avoiding everyone on campus. And finally, Kayla finds her. And she talks to Kayla about a lot of stuff. And then Kayla's a little hesitant to give her information that she's asking for. Like, it's nothing major. Like, she doesn't give Kayla all kinds of information. She's just, she realizes that the dean's room number is 303. and that's the missing piece and she goes to the dean's office to look for information and goes through his file sees that there are no emails even regarding her sister whatsoever there's nothing and the dean walks in on her in his office 
he's kind of threatening. He's like, you're just as meddlesome as your sister and um, always in everyone's business. I told my son he should have been involved with you. Like, you're a child. You have no idea how this goes. You need to stay away from my son. I gave that girl a choice. She didn't take it. And he basically makes it clear to her that she's right. And he had some kind of hand. And it's also kind of revealed in this moment, too, that he's the one that wrote the note that got slipped under her door. Yeah, it's the same paper, same handwriting. And he says, I allowed her to leave the school quietly, but she decided to make a fuss. And you need to stop engaging with my son or I'm going to make you leave as well unless you want your parents to have no children left. So this is where we switch back to the boy's point of view. And Alistair is going into Penelope's room to find out information from her roommate to see if they can find Penelope. And Kayla's gone back home at this point because Penelope's gone to talk to the dean. And Kayla acts like she hasn't seen Penelope at all, even though they had this conversation in the bathroom. And she completely plays Alistair in the strangest way. It's clear by their conversation that she knows the boys better than she's let on and that she knew Eve, which she has made clear to Penelope she did not know Eve. And she's like, I thought she was staying with you. And she's like, the whole thing, she's like playing the whole time. And this is where there's that disconnect where you feel like Kayla has had a hand in this the whole time because of this scene to the last scene. But I say it's a little holy because nothing ever comes to fruition. We never get that piece of, oh, Kayla was involved or, oh, it was, it's just left on this. That's why I say that. We got that feeling the whole time that Kayla was a shit bag. And then it's obvious from this scene to the next when she's clearly, no, I never saw her, but yet you just saw her in the last scene. I wish we had gotten some kind of ending chip. And Alistair goes to Eve's old room to look around himself. And he finds an old family photo. And on the back, instead of it saying the Richard family, which is what they've said their last name is, it says the Ricci family. And he's kind of concerned about that because he knows who the Ricci family is. But it says that's strange. She told us her name was Richard. Did Eve lie? Which, why would he jump only to did Eve lie when Penelope has also said her name was Richard's the whole time? Right. But they probably went to Eve because Eve was the first one. And that's that's all I got. Because it would have said... Or did they lie? Or did Eve and Penelope lie? You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just it's odd. So <clears throat> Penelope is on her own mission at this point because she has found out about the dean or whatever. She goes to her mom and gets Eve's old phone that nobody has had the want to power up and turn on yet, which is strange to me since she it's not, was so... It's not strange it's to stra- not want to go through no, it. Absolutely in a normal state. However, what I was saying was it's strange to me since she is so gung-ho of needing every information in her diary and wanting all of those things, that's what makes it strange to me. But that I, she would miss this vital piece when she is literally climbing through smoke rooms to find a little missing piece of a diary that she would let this whole phone with all this information just sit there. That's I don't what feel just that seems way, strange to me. But 
as a normal human being that would it seemed obvious that her mom wouldn't want to do it right but she might not have been ready to go through her phone like a diary yeah whatever but the phone i don't know i understood it i I don't think we okay because you think your diary is your more intimate like kind of but i mean like her phone is like her last days i don't know unless she thought originally that all of the pieces were going to end up being in this diary and that eve was leaving her information in this diary to find that she wasn't going to need the phone until it finally got to the point where she's getting all these realizations about she really doesn't know eve at all and now she's realizing that shit maybe I should go through the phone because maybe there really is more missing pieces that this diary is not going to give me that now I need the phone. Because maybe she just thought the diary was going to be enough and she wasn't going to have to go through. Well, and she did. She thought she knew her sister and she has realized a lot that she doesn't know about her. Yeah. So that's probably why she didn't go through it is just because. I was just saying with how unhinged she was, you know, but I understand that. But at the same time, she still has love for her sister and she thought she knew her sister enough. And and then it got to the point where it just wasn't enough anymore. However, she has came to the realization that does make more sense. She has now acquired Eve's phone that she had at the time of her death. It's super beat up, but she powers it on and finds that Eve had sent the dean an email with a positive pregnancy test on it and the dean had threatened her back basically that he was going to kick her out of school if she didn't terminate it and leave and he was going to ruin her future and all this stuff and that was what had led her to jump and at this point she's going to burn the world she's going to burn the world and she starts with the school she gets a bunch of gasoline and she sets the school a fucking blaze she's gonna lure out this little rat of a dean and she's out for revenge baby i actually thought that was kind of cool i just want to put this out there and this entire thing was caused because a man had his tiny man feelings hurt about his son and decided you know what let's just make her kill herself that's all that lives literally this whole reason for this book is a man didn't want his son to have a, a kid and said, fuck this shit. This bitch can die. That's so the there you go. You don't even need to read it. There's your description. Um, so fire's going. The dean comes out. He's yelling. The boys come out. They see the fire. They're like in shock and awe. And the dean is like, it was Penelope. It was Penelope. They're like, what the fuck? And he's like, no, she's a Ricci so the Ricci family basically takes down crime families. So people who are doing horrible things, they... They're the sp- modern Robin Hood hunting down rich Hunting, mafia. yeah, exactly. So obviously with this school being full of fucking criminals, and now the boys are... They're mafia, but they're like hunting the down good the guys. Mafia. Yeah, they're hunting <laughs> down the bad mafias and murdering everything. It's an it's interesting... Like they're still mafia, but... Yeah, it's, it's wild. like the... They're like the Dexter of the mafia world. It's wild, man. It's um, wild. And the boys are fucking pissed. And they're not. Oh, they're so pit, mad. They're pissed at her because they're like, she came here knowing. They think she- that she now came on a mission to destroy them 
versus came on a mission to find her sister, killer. Which like, they're, they're not that, like entirely wrong. Kind of, but it was mostly about the sister. Yes. This was but just also added benefit. Hence the conversation she had with her father. You know what we do. Burn it down. Yeah. Burn it down. Burn it down, baby. And they did. Burn the world. Who runs the world? Just kidding. So they hunt Penelope down. Not happy. And they tie her up and bring her back to the society house to torture. And again, all of this could have been solved with a conversation. Right. And she keeps trying to tell them about Dylan's dad, but they're like silencing her. And like, they're like, no, like, don't she's lying. Dylan, it's kind of getting into Dylan's head, but Felix is like, no, don't listen to this. But she's lying. She's just trying to because get Because he has gotten Kat's feelings for her and he's so upset that he could be betrayed by somebody again that he's caught feelings for. This could have been solved with therapy and a conversation. He's just a poor little lost boy. Absolutely. No. So finally, and finally they get the information out of her that it was the Dean in which Alistair and Dylan immediately drop to their knees and forgive us. We're so sorry. Blah, blah, blah. And Felix is like, no, you need to earn her forgiveness. You are not even at the point that you can ask forgiveness yet well okay so um, hold, hold up because isn't this where she drops the bomb about the pregnancy thing and they don't believe her and she literally makes them go through all of the shit to actually believe her yes it takes a lot yeah and then felix is like you need to earn it and then he knives himself like again. well he does the same things that he's been doing this whole time with her what do you need from us tell us verbalize what you need mm -hmm. so once again she uses her words and they prepare for war, baby. They pack up, they get ready, they get their knives, their guns, their bags ready. But and Dylan's she's, fully am, sold. He, he is, but he's hesitant because it's his dad. Yeah. But he is all along for the ride because they are a unit. So at here's this point. the thing he's kind of hesitant until she whispers something in his ear. Mm -hmm. To get I him fired up, but we never know what it was. I'm so mad. Which is another thing in my world that I'm like, what the fuck? She's like, I'm coming with you. It's not a choice. So they get ready to leave when all of a sudden the entire house loose. is rained down with bullets and bombs and like shit everywhere. It's her fucking dad. Coming to the rescue. Listen, okay. I loved it. He's like, I love get your hands away from my daughter. Loves his daughter so much. And well, I and love she it. told him, she texted him and she said, I found the culprit. It's culprit this person. And he goes, okay. It's family. And he goes, okay. So he is going to war. He, he got his men. He packed his bags and he is gunning. Literally. And he, he is all out. But here's the thing. It's not just them fighting him. They also had another squad of goons come in from the side that were fighting as well and this unit smashed dylan over the head and kidnapped him so while they're all fighting so while they're all fighting dylan gets taken but alistair sees so he smuggles off after them and dylan gets shoved into a car surprise it's dylan's dad's men that take him and guess what dylan's now in the car with his own dad 
because Dylan's dad set them all up to fall. Somehow got a message to Penelope's father to let him know where they all were so that he could storm the castle. And then he got Dylan out so that he could make sure all those boys and Penelope died in all the crossfire so that he could be rid of them all. And Dylan is not happy. I mean, he even stabs his dad, but then the partition (laughs) starts rolling up and his dad starts driving away. So meanwhile, at the house, Penelope's dad has gotten into a good position and has a gun to Felix and is like, get away from my daughter. And he's like, no. And he shoots him in the shoulder as a warning shot. And he's like, the next one's going to be to your head. And then Penelope's like, no, freaking stop and explains what's up. And then so he gets his men to retreat. And then they all realize that Alistair is missing. Also, where is Alistair, you ask? Oh, silly. He's on the roof of the car that took Dylan. He's not going to let his boyfriend get away. So he is on this car as it's careening down the road. And he smashes out the driver's side window and shoots the driver and hops into the driver's seat, which that was not described well because it was like you shoot the driver and then he just hops into a seat. I'm sorry, was the driver still there? You didn't get rid of the body first. It was just, it was interesting. So then Dylan's dad's in the passenger seat and he pushes the button to drop the partition so that Dylan can strangle the dad as they're driving. And then Dylan's dad has a gun. And they're swerving and going crazy. But then Dylan's dad opens the door and rolls out of the car and they stop. And somehow, conveniently, they're at the edge again. Gotcha. I hate those convenient stuff. You just don't like No, I just, fun. I'm a fun sucker. Okay. Anyway, so Penelope and Felix quickly catch up to Dylan and Alistair and... They happen upon them at a scene where the dad is like crawling on the ground because he's rolled out of a freaking moving vehicle. And Dylan has a knife and he's like trying to amp himself up to stab his dad, but he just can't do it. He's getting cold feet. So Penelope just comes out of the woodwork and just stabs him. But the dean had a gun still from the car. He apparently took it with him when he rolled. So he has his gun and he goes to shoot Penelope. But Dylan pushes Penelope safe and gets shot in the shoulder and punches out his dad. And his dad shoots him again in the gut. And they grapple. And his dad ends up, because they're grappling and grappling and grappling, and he's realizing that this is just what's going to happen. He ends up, like, pushing his dad, knocking him off the, the ledge. But his dad grabs his ankle and pulls. And we should make note now, because we did not before, when all hell broke loose and all the gunfire rained down, poor Nessie the snake's tank got shot up and the snake was slithering along. And Dylan was like, oh, no, poor Nessie, and put Nessie in his pocket. So poor Nessie the snake has somehow been in his pocket throughout this whole experience. So they're trying to pull up Dylan while... The dean is sitting there with his gun, freaking firing off shots. And because he's like, you better pull us all up or I'm going to just shoot you. So Nessie slithers out of the pocket and goes down and bites the dean. Bye bye, dean. And they pull Dylan up. 
and Penelope's dad and crew arrive to help fix everybody up. So they run to aid Dylan because he's been shot twice and they rush to aid Felix. But here's the thing. No one cares about Felix's bullet wound at this point. No one even mentions it. They just try to bandage up the graze on the side of his face. Don't know why no one is caring about the gaping fucking bullet hole in his shoulder or making any mention of it. Apparently, the cut on his face is priority number one. So they all head back to campus because they got to get them to the nurse's office, not the hospital, of course, because the boys say the campus nurse is well equipped. So they go to the school nurse's office. Let me tell you, if I took a bullet wound to the school nurse's office, she would probably shoot me. Just saying. So then magically, she knows about Felix's bullet in his shoulder and she fixes him up. And then she fixes up Dylan. Everyone gets their bolts taken out and sewn up. And Alistair's dead and the police are there because, you know, everything's still with the fire and all that fun stuff. And they're all beat up and everything. And they're saying what has happened to the dean and everything. And he's like, well, where's your proof? And Dylan's like, here's your proof. Apparently he had taped the whole conversation with his dad in the car and everything and all the confessions and everything and uh cool beans so uh felix's dad the board member of the school he's gonna be the new dean he's gonna fix things up around here and uh, nathan and kai show up and uh, he pulls them in and they're all like what the fuck and he's like no, no 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 everyone's gonna get along now and all of you are in trouble and all of you are gonna do community service together to start getting along together and then Felix and Penelope have a little conversation together where he's like, please stay here with me, forgive me, or don't stay and I'll go with you. But regardless, we're together. And because her dad wants her to leave, obviously, she chooses Felix. And there's a slight error in the scene with the text. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. They just use the wrong pronoun, but it's a very large book to have one is not the end of the world. And he just, he refers to his own father as her father. To, yeah. So, I mean, he's technically not wrong. He refers to it as his sister's father, but it's also his father. You know what I mean? So then when they get their alone time, he's like, this was not enough. I need you to forgive me. I haven't done enough. Use me. And they turn the tables so that she uses the boys like they have used and then they all profess their love for one another and end book we have a little bit of an epilogue where they are cleaning up the campus and cleaning up the skull and serpent society and rebuilding everything and they all get tattoos together for each other there was a lot there was a lot listen it was a dense book there was a lot going on there was a lot that was fun and exciting and it was fun to read and it was cool. There were some parts that were kind of icky on a personal account for me. The whole sister thing was just weird, but I was okay with the bully romance. I tend to have a trouble with it on some levels if it gets too much. Sometimes I can handle it, sometimes I can't. I knew what I was getting when I was going in, so I didn't have a problem. My issues were where things fell apart in the plot. And I feel like 
this could easily be fixed that way. I struggled a lot in the beginning with the bully stuff. And I think that took me the longest to read through. Again, bully is not really my style. It may not be my style, but it might be other people's style, obviously. So it's I struggled a bit in the beginning. I got way more into it the further along the book went with all of the different pieces that got added in besides just the bully part. Again, though, could have been solved with a fucking conversation, but then we wouldn't have a book. <laughs> no, overall, I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a book. Who was your favorite character? Alistair was my favorite. How about yours? I know I'm crazy, but I genuinely enjoyed Felix. I liked yeah. Alistair too, so yeah. I liked them both. But Felix and Alistair were my favorites. Felix for his like weirdly unhinged way and Alistair for just being him. I wish we had a little bit more character development with Mm -hmm. the boys in general, especially with the length of this book. I feel like some things could have been cut to give us a little bit more depth of character for them. But that could just be me being selfish, wanting more of them. You're literally always selfish. That's always your answer to everything. I want more. I I like my boys. So. Who is your least favorite? My least favorite was Penelope. Mine was Felix. I, you know how I hate immature. I know what I was reading and I know I was reading about a 19-year-old girl. So I am taking that into account and she is acting her age. So it was not just that. So some of her choices bothered me, but I understood them based on who she was as a 19-year-old character. However, just her constant, just, again, she wasn't written poorly. I understood that's why she was the way she was. I just don't prefer those types of characters. That's why she's my least favorite. Her constant disregard for her own life and her constant rash decision-making just was not my vibe. So Amazon gives us a 4.4 and Goodreads gives it a 4.0. Where are you? What'd you give it? I gave it a three. I gave it a 3.5. I think if I was more into bully romance, and again, this is just a me problem. This is nothing to do with the book itself. It's just my own preference. Um, I would have rated it a little bit higher. Honestly, after like the first 30%, when it got a little less what it was in the beginning, which was the part that you liked, I started to really enjoy the book a lot more. It read a lot easier for me. It was crazy as shit. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot going on. It was a lot. It was a lot going on. (laughs) But I liked that part. I did wish we explored more with her roommate. I wish we explored more of the backstory of some of the boys and learned more of the stuff with them. Overall, though, I did enjoy, and a three is not bad. I know other people will say it is, but I will, like, I've gone to bat for this so many times. Like, as you and I, both of us, have been on Goodreads for over a decade. And as people who were on Goodreads when they explained, because when Goodreads were new, they explained how the star system worked. Mm -hmm. At three stars, you liked the book. You enjoyed reading the book. Mm -hmm. But there were a couple things that you had issues with. That's not a negative thing. Did you full out love the book to give it a four star? No. And that's okay. 
You don't have to know I, love again, like you it's read. My, and that's the thing is it's my own thing. And we bring a lot of books to the table. That... I enjoyed this book. Mm-hmm. I gave it a 3.5 because I had issues with the plot. As a whole, I enjoyed a lot of aspects of this book. And if the plot issues were fixed, it would be rated much higher for me. Exactly. And like I said, like we both bring a lot of books to the table. And, and when we researched for this specific wheel that we currently have going, I stepped out of my comfort comfort zone mm. on purpose because we decided that we, we were tried to specific give specific categories because yeah. we wanted a variety. And mm-hmm. while normally this is not something I would usually read, the whole point, and we've talked about this, the whole point is that we're expanding our Kindle library at this point. We we've read books that we never thought we would read before. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. How about a cucumber rating for you? There was a lot in this book, give, by the way. I'm going to Holy give this shit. a seven point five. That's probably there like was one of the all higher kinds ones of, lately for you. It, there was all kinds of stuff going on in this one. There was all kinds of action. There was some piercing action. Honestly, I wish there were more group scenes, but this probably would have been just straight smut if it would have been like that. Um, more than it already was, because there was a lot was a in lot. this book. I feel like 50% of the scenes were like her choking on dick, which is fine, but. And swallowing a lot I'm of saying, cum. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to give it a 7.5. I'm going to go with a 6. There was a lot of scenes in this book. And especially more so in the beginning half of the book, there was more. It kind of trickled down a little less, I think, as the book went through. I did enjoy the group scenes. Those are really nice. The accidental we picking a double stuff book for November was it was good. I mean, I did enjoy it. There was just some particular scenes that I just knocked me down a little bit. But other than that, I mean, it was good. If you are into bully college romance books, this is probably going to be a book you enjoy. It's not usually up my alley at all. This and whole I week has been double it. stuff. This whole week has been double stuff for your pleasure. I have double stuffed Oreos in my cabinet. I eat those. Let's spin the wheel and find out what we're okay. reading next yeah. week. Let's do this. <laughs> Where Crystal gets double stuffed by Oreos, which is not the intention. I want to be double stuffed by a man. I'm so that tired. is not what we're looking for for November. All right. So, Wheel of Faith. Are you ready, Aria? I'm ready. Let's see what we got. Let's click in. Maybe we can double stuff again. Maybe we can just oh magically. So I don't know. Wheel, what are you going to give us? Let's see. it's gonna be alien november so this book that the wheel just chose is called space for love it is by emily antoinette and it's probably perfect timing because emily antoinette has another book coming out this month that i am literally this week i just got it to arc for her so it's exciting so it's gonna be yeah so well man eater was there was the prequel that we I read last month and that was good. And then this is going to be the full book for it. If you're interested, the full book is called Behold Her. So, but for the podcast, we are reading Space for Love. A human starting over light years from home. Accepting a job on Spire Station sounded great in theory. Now that I'm on an enormous alien space station with no humans in sight, I'm questioning the sanity of that choice. But it's not all bad. When my best friend, Mesley, 
tricks me into using a pleasure sim, I find an unexpected connection with Brex, the intriguing alien running the sim. He's everything I want in a partner. Charming, empathetic, and so damn sexy. The only problem? He hides behind a hollow and refuses to let me see his true form. For all I know, he could be a scented ooze. But I'm too far gone to care. I want him no matter what he looks like. Now I just have to find a way to prove it. And then this is his point of view. An alien desperate to forget his heartbreak. When I took a job at SimTech Suites, I'd planned to use pleasure sims to escape any thoughts of my ex. However, a far more enticing source of distraction shows up. A purple-haired human named Finna. Oh, connection. We had a purple-haired human in this book, and now we're moving on to a purple-haired human. With a body of a goddess and a shy, delightful wit to match. Too bad I'm nothing like the attractive follow I use for my job. I'm a celadin with sharp teeth, brutal claws, and menacing features that terrify most aliens. Her uneasy reaction after our chance meeting out on the station only confirms that I can never show her my true form, no matter how desperate I am to make her mine. Space for Love is a cozy sci-fi romance featuring a plus-size FMC, a monstrous alien MMC, and enough spice to keep you warm even in the coldness of space. So yes, Space for Love next week. And if you I'm like it, you can for check out cozy romance. Yeah. So she writes, you're going to love this because she writes like super lovey-dovey vibed. Like when I read her prequel for this new series that she's starting, literally the only slight I had for this prequel was that it was a little too over the top in the lovey-dovey cheesy lines. Oh, I was going to say. She so you are going to love this. The prequel felt like a whole book. It had everything in it. And it was like spicy and sweetie at the same time, which was cute. But it was like perfect world conversations. Everybody talked to each other so respectfully. And you're going to love it up. because was it similar vibes to how much I loved Morning Glory Milking Farm? Probably. Yeah, but... That was my only slight to it because I like more real world style stuff. You don't like and stuff. nobody talks to each other like that because it's not a perfect world. But you're going to probably eat it up because you love that, you know, perfect mm-hmm. romance to see, you know. So I'm excited to see Crystal read. I haven't read this one yet, so I'm excited to read this it and check it so, out. Yeah, so uh, read, read Space for Love with us read next week. Mm-hmm. Follow all the social media. Don't forget, Facebook group is open now, so go ahead and do that. Other than that, keep reading and keep it smutty. <laughs>